0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by BlueBet.
1: Cable responsibly, call 1 800 858
0: 858. It's the complete package, inside and out. Drive the brand new Mazda BT50 at your Mazda dealer.
2: On SEM, your home of sport.
0: Time on with Jack Ah, uh, Good evening and welcome to Time On. No Jack Heverin who knocked it out of the park, filling in for Dwayne today on Dwayne's World. Sam Hargraves here. As we look at what a day looked like where we got a sign of what truly professional sport's going to look like in our future And we want to talk about that today where loyalty might just be a thing of the past where we look back on with a romantic notion of how things used to be and the way things were done in yesteryear but certainly doesn't really play a part in the modern game. So today Collingwood fronted up finally and and spoke through their CEO Mark Anderson and their head coach Nathan Buckley about the events of the last few weeks and even the last few years that led to the events that unfolded during the AFL trade period this year, which I think, as I said, give us a little look about what's to come with our sport as it gets set for nearly 30 years of being truly and fully professional. And it's a stark look, isn't it? And it won't sit comfortably for some people. For others, they've known it was coming for a long time. How did you find it today? And from a Collingwood point of view and, and from any other fan Point of view today, I want to know, now that you've heard, now that you've heard the how, now that you know, and we officially know the why, and we've always known the who, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with the explanation that you've been given? Is there something that still remains unclear for you? And have all your questions been answered? Are you now okay with the strategy? And do you think it actually has worked or will work? And what are the lessons here for other clubs as they get set to maybe execute a similar strategy down the track where you get what you need for as long as you can from the players and if you have to reload and it doesn't work, well, there's surplus requirements and you move on to the next and that's just how it goes. Do you accept as a fan now that this is the world we live in? Do 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 you need clubs to hide that from you? Do you need to be protected from that? Or are you accepting of where our game is now that, As I said, loyalty really is going to be a thing of the past and something that we may get to see from time to time and won't it be great when we do? But it's not really prevalent in a fully professional game. And as for the strategy, what did you make of it? Are you okay with it? What did you think about it? And would you like to see, would you be happy if your own club implemented it? Those are the questions that I want to ask you tonight. And the floor is absolutely yours. And you might've been listening across the course of the day. You might've heard Mark Anderson, the Collingwood CEO on breakfast with Gary and Tim this morning. It's up on the podcast, SEN.com.au. Or you might've heard Nathan Buckley with Jared. It was a fantastic and uh, enthralling chat. And then what you make of it on the other end. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 If you haven't had your time and haven't had your chance to have your say, you might've been working all day. Now, You can absolutely have it. one It is the biggest story of the day. And I think it does signal a new era. And it wasn't quite the transition we thought we'd get. It wasn't quite done the way in which you would have thought. And there's lessons to be learned from other clubs that that want to go down and will go down a similar path to what Collingwood are going on. So I'd like to officially welcome us to professional sport in this country, in a world... And in a way that it's existed in other countries, and other sports for many, many years. Or as I say, loyalty, a romantic notion of yesteryear, which we'll speak of lovingly. But it doesn't hold a heap of currency in today's day and age. And I'm not saying that to be a pessimist, a pessimist. I'm saying it to be a realist. I'll still have a heap of romance about sport. I love sport. I live and breathe sport and I'm lucky enough to be able to do it for a job. But I also know that this is the real world. And other sports have known it for a long time as well. Sport is a business. At the highest level, it's a business. Billions of dollars on the line. Clubs are a product. The players are commodities, the media, the sponsors, the fans are the customers and the major stakeholders. And you mislead them and disrespect them at your peril. Players now will be traded at the club's discretion and at their determination of their premiership proximity And disruption to player group fabric, regardless of personal circumstance, situation, and certainly of sentimentality. This is the birth of the AFL American era. The only lesson, don't try to hide your intentions. Don't try to play the innocent victim and don't try to trick your constituents. If this is the path you're going to go down, own it wholeheartedly and make no apologies for it. We spoke about that last night. This is the new age of professional sport in the country. We've got to own that. We can't try to pretend it's anything other than what it is and you can't pretend to be something that you're not because we've just seen that your fans will not tolerate that and they won't accept being taken for fools again. You treat them and your players with the respect they deserve and not like Adam Trelaw says as five-year-olds. They can handle the truth. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 I've got a few more points that I want to make about what I heard today because there's some things that I don't think were still fully answered and I absolutely applaud Collingwood for finally coming through and and giving us the answers to the best of their ability but there's still some things to me that are just still not quite clarified so one three hundred seven 736 I'll play audio from throughout the day, as well, we'll hear some decent slabs, so not to be taken out of context of what Nathan Buckley and Mark Anderson had to say, but I did think it was, and I did say that it was your your turn to have your say, and then I'll have mine throughout the course of it uh, as well. One, three hundred seven three six, seven three six are off the text, zero four, double three, ninety eight, eleven, sixteen. Spot on, thank you very much. All we need is to be told the truth, 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 truth. So not just once, but four times, according to Glenn, off the Tampa Tech. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Paul's in Hampton. G'day, Paul.
3: Yeah, g'day. It's um it's an interesting one and I think only through time we will we'll be able to truly judge whether it was a successful outcome or not for Collingwood. But I I understand their reasoning and I think they were brave and courageous to make the call. They maybe didn't handle it as best you could from a PR perspective, but um if you listen to Nathan's interview this morning with um, Jared, it was quite true. He sort of said, like, how do you do it? You know, these they, they're people. They're people who have been a part of your football club for a long period. Um, you've made really difficult decisions, but you care about the person. But then also you've got to put your business hat on and make the decisions that you think are the best for your football club. And I think supporters and media, um, and therefore it drives consumption, overvalue draft picks. Um, they 've ended up with pick fourteen and sixteen, I think it is, and everyone thinks we 've given away too much you know in the way of second round draft picks and trelaw and Stevenson so who knows what happens it's, um trelaw 's twenty eight next year he 's had two significant hamstring injuries that were long term injuries, um, maybe his best foot is past him, and Stevenson may not be the footballer that they thought he would be. And they've got now an opportunity in this draft. And then they end up with next year's number one draft pick, um, the father, son of Dacos. And they seem very confident that they've got the talent underneath that will come and be able to play Stevenson's role and Mm. therefore Trelaw's. So you've got to back your club in. They know the team best. We're all judging externally and don't have the full facts in front of us. Um, So I think he's done a really good job. And I, Take my hat off to them because I think too many clubs sit there and are, are too prepared to accept the current status quo, which wasn't good enough for Collingwood this year. And you got to get on the front foot and make changes.
0: Paul, I really appreciate the call and, and I thank you for it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Yeah, it, it's to me, it's the what and the why are okay. I, I, I what the plan was and why it's been done, I have no problem with. It's the how that I think that. Collingwood are regretting right now. And, and they've said as much. They've both said today, Mark Anderson uh, and Nathan Buckley have said that they would do things differently if they had their time again. And that's what we would need. That's what I'm keen to talk about tonight. one 736 736 Because it sort of seemed to me today that Collingwood were dragged, sort of kicking and screaming into some sort of transparency, almost begrudgingly um, accepting that the sort of... And, and, and with all due respect, it was almost a sort of arrogant stance of, well, we don't talk about this it just doesn't wash with anyone really it didn't wash with the players who are at the center of this it certainly didn't wash with the public and most importantly and most tellingly it didn't wash with the members of their own club who are the driving force behind this by the way it's the members who have demanded the front up and the fess up people say that it's media driven that's that's not true at all this has been member driven there was a bit of Jack Nicholson. There was a bit of a few good men in this. There was a bit of you can't handle the truth. Just uh, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. I would just prefer you say thank you <laughs> and go about your business. There was a bit of that coming from this. So we know officially the why, which we always knew anyway. Nobody was fooled by that, especially not the clubs they were dealing with, especially not the, the players and certainly not the public uh, or their members. And, and the proof is there to see with what they got in those deals, they've said themselves that they didn't get market value. We'll play that from Nathan Buckley very soon. And Nathan Buckley said that this was a breakup today to Jared Waitley. Take it from someone who's been dumped plenty of times. You learn who someone truly is by the way they break up with you. Never a truer word spoken. It is a big warning to the game, though, I think, that you can't treat your players or your members... Like, they, like they're fools. And I don't know if they did that intentionally, but you can't try to bluff your way through. You can't try to pull the wool over their eyes and you can't try to backpedal out of it because you're more concerned with trying to save face than you are without about being upfront and, and be honest. As they say themselves, you've got to be better. Consultation is always better than confrontation. And I think that if, you had, if Collingwood had their time again, I think they would have done this far more consultatively with these players. You've got to own your space. You've got to own your intentions. You've got to own your narrative. And, and you and if you think that you're smarter than the public or smarter than the members, then you sort of do that at your own peril. I mean, it's when we're hearing lines like, oh, but yeah, but members don't understand how the draft uh, point system works and things like that, you automatically alienate those fans one 736 736 And we're going to play the audio across the, the course of the next hour as well. But Steve has called in West Footscray. G'day, Steve.
1: Yeah, mate. Well, I, I agree with exactly what you've said. Like, no-one's got any direction. Like, I'm a carton ball. I'm not bagging Collingwood or anything like that. Like, But if you want to follow the English Premier League, for example, where buyers have bought in and traded and sold players at their will... Like, if the player wants to put a certain price in his head, well, if the club can't afford him in three years' time like a Trelaw, well, sorry, mate, you've probably got to go find a new home.
0: Yeah, the interesting one there, Steve, is that it was actually Trelaw that on two occasions was asked by Collingwood to, to redo the deal to take money later so they could bring more people in and keep more people as part of that strategy. So he actually helped them achieve that. And then he's the first casualty of that when they decide that this particular plan had run its course and wasn't going to pay off the way that they wanted to. So what I, from, me, from, from where I sit, what I think Colling would have done is they, they tried a high-risk, high-reward strategy to win a Premiership. They set up a heap of back-ended contracts. And Nathan Buckley said that there's plenty of senior players that are on back-ended contracts at the club. They wanted to keep the deep playing list, which they absolutely needed because their injury run during the 2018 season and and subsequent seasons since. I mean, the fact that they've been able to continue to make finals has been an incredible feather in their cap. Um, And that's one example of this plan actually working, that they kept a really deep list and a strong list together with back-ended contracts. And they thought that they could win a flag. And they almost did. And if you win that flag, then you could have cashed in these players for far more and you get a heap of riches. So they had a big swing and it just missed. And you might say that they tried to be a bit too clever with their contracts or maybe it all caught up to them and maybe they didn't manage it properly. But that would would be to say that they're incompetent. So you either think that they're incompetent with the way they've handled their salary cap or they did this with full knowledge that eventually somebody had to go. They knew that they couldn't pay all these people out when the check came because Nathan Buckley said today that they had plenty of senior players on back-ended deals. So they would have done this with the full knowledge to know that they could never see all these contracts out. So they did what they needed to do. They couldn't pay them all. And these are the ones that they said they could afford to lose. And I'll play that from Nathan Buckley. He said, these are the players essentially that we could afford to lose. So, The strategy is a bold one um it it almost paid off and now they've decided that we can't this is not this this plan has has run its course and we need to go for a new plan and that's essentially what's happened here and and again that's the what and the why which i have no problem with but it's the how it's the how this is done that that doesn't sit comfortably i think um in terms of adam Trelaw and how that was handled, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Maybe Jaden Stevenson as well. And to the acknowledgement of the Collingwood leaders that have spoken on SEN today, that they would do things differently if they had their time again. So it's an incredible moment, I think, in in where our game's going. An incredible moment. And I think, and a, and a part of me thinks that if they just had, have gone to these players and said, this is what we're doing. Now, Nathan Buckley spoke today and said, well, we didn't want to show our hand because we thought we'd lose out at the table, at the, at the draft and, and the trade, sorry, at the trade table. Well, you did anyway. But if you maybe had a gone to the players and said, look, it's been great, but we can't pay everyone. We need to get something for you. You've got currency. We're going in a different direction now. We're going to find you a home. We're going to make sure you don't lose a cent. Nathan Buckley was really proud of that, that none of these players have lost a cent. It's just not Collingwood. They're going to be paying them, even though they said that they would and their contracts said that they would. But they haven't lost a cent. I I think if they had their time again, and I I can't speak for them, I'm just saying that if if I was involved in any way, shape or form, you would go and be conciliatory with this. You would be consultative and say, this is what we're going to do. We're really sorry, but this is the business that we've chosen another mafia movie line. This is the business we have chosen and we need to go in another direction and we need to, to, to cash you in to, and trade you in to be able to do that. Um, I reckon the player would have hated to hear that, but the manager then says, okay, well then how do we facilitate this? Instead of working against, you work with and I wonder what might have happened and what they might have got if they had done that. Uh, Greg is in Blackburn. G'day, Greg. G'day, mate.
2: You're right on a couple of fronts. One is um, it was handled poorly. I mean, you've got to have open dialogue in any business or in any dealings, and open dialogue is everything. They stuffed up, so we move on. You mentioned about the incompetent salary cap and back in the contract, and I I also think that's true. But I'm just wondering, did the COVID and with the reduced spend that they're allowed, has that affected anything in,
1: in any way?
0: Oh, I think the uncertainty. And thanks for the question, and thanks for the call, Greg. And I think, that, and that was addressed today as well, that the uncertainty around what the list sizes will be might have sped this up. Um, it, it was it was something they attempted last year with Adam Trelaw. It didn't work. They extended him to then push the money back further. So I can't imagine that at that time they said, oh, we're going to trade you, and then thought, actually, no, we've changed our mind. We're going to keep you for five years. I just think they bought themselves some more time. So the other side of this is, is there an onus on Adam and his manager to have seen, the, to read the tea leaves a little bit better? Um, that is another conversation for another day that they might have thought, geez, I, I know that Adam said that it's come as a surprise, but they did try to trade him last year. But again, this is new territory in a lot of ways for our game. I think 26 to 27 years as a professional sport, we're starting to see things that we haven't quite seen before. And this might just be one of them. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Adam, Joe, Glenn, Billy... Stay right there. We'll come straight back with your calls on the other side of this. This is time on SEN.
2: On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everon. Yeah, we've we've let some talent go. Um, there's no doubt, um, and their perception is that we're going to be worse off in 2021. It's our determination that we can. We've actually let players go that we can replace. Um, it's our determination, you know, with our knowledge that we've actually let players go that will not damage the fabric of of our of our playing group, but the inner circle of our playing group. Now, I'm not, that's not to say that they weren't liked or respected. In, in every organisation, there's glue guys, there's people that are that are fundamental to who you are, and it's and sometimes the perception from outside is not actually what you what you see and what you live every day inside. So. That was part of our determination. That was part of the you know, landing on the who. Um, we're really confident that we'll be able to that we'll be able to come back together. And, and we've, as I said, we're fractured at the moment. We're um, every club's sort of off on a break. Every every club's sort of licking their wounds off the back of 2020. But Richmond, of course, they're, they're feeling pretty good about what they were able to achieve. Um, the way our season ended was. Was um, was not great for us, and it, and it um, was part of the reason why you know, we got to the point where we just we need to pull the trigger now on this. We need to put it behind us, uh, and then we need to um, we need to attack you know, 21 and beyond with a clean slate. And, and we're now we've now got options and capability that we didn't have for the last four or five years. Um, and despite you know being able to become you know win more games and, and put ourselves in the frame to contend and going. Yeah, within 90 seconds of being able to do that in, in, in 2018, we, um, you know, we've we given ourselves more scope than we've had for a long time by making these tough decisions.
0: Nathan Buckley speaking to Gerard Waitley today on SEN, speaking about the who. And now we've had confirmation of the why. And my question to you is, how does the how sit with you? How this was done? I've got no issue with the why. I've got no issue uh, with the what. And the plan itself, I think, was a bold one, audacious one. Uh, it hasn't paid off, and now they're looking to put a new plan in place. But the how is that sitting comfortably with you? And off the text 0433981116, the temper text fully media driven. I've had SEN on for hours constantly, and every one of you presenters has driven this. That's from Rem in Broadford. Rem, this wasn't driven by the media. This was driven by the Collingwood members who wanted a face up and a fess up, and that's what they got today uh, in the form of Mark Anderson, the CEO, and Nathan Buckley, the coach. Joe's calling in Box Hill. G'day, Joe. What did you want to say?
4: Uh, g'day, Jack. I rang yesterday um, about the elephant in the room, and I heard that this morning, and the elephant's still in the room. Jared didn't ask the hard question, and Buckley danced around it. And the hard question, before I get onto Anderson, is did you tell Trelaw? that the players and the leadership group no longer wanted you at the club, yes or no. And he danced around it. Gerard didn't ask the direct question, and it's very important because if the players didn't tell him that, didn't uh, convey those feelings to Buckley, um, and the way Buckley answered this morning, I don't think they did. Well, then he straight out lied, and I reckon his position's untenable.
0: Joe, just with that one, Jared did ask him and said, and, and what Nathan Buckley said was he had been given some feedback uh, that was ongoing feedback about issues on the field uh, and, and about things that they weren't quite satisfied with things that he was doing on the field, about connectivity on the field. And he believes that that was misconstrued into an off-the-field trust. And he actually did put his hand up and said, I needed to be better in my communication there.
4: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll quote Mandy Rice Davis and say he would say that, wouldn't he?
0: I don't know who Mandy Ross Davis is, but anyway, you want to make one more point about Mark Anderson?
4: Yeah, well, he was asked about did you tell, um, oh, what's the guy that went to North, uh, Jaden Stevenson, did you tell him that he was, you know, warn him that he was going to be traded? And he answered, we told him he had a few things about his game that he had to improve on, or words to that effect. He didn't answer the question directly. He dodged it and Jared didn't pursue him on it.
0: Well, Mark Anderson Um, was on with Gary and Tim uh, and Gary absolutely pursued him on it. He asked him three times straight out, was he told he was going to be traded? Mark Anderson responded and said he was aware of where he was at. And Gary continued to say, did you say that, was he told he was going to be traded? And Mark Anderson said, well, he wasn't privy to those exact conversations. Nathan Buckley was asked as well. And I think you're right, Joe, and I do appreciate your call. That's one of the questions to me that still remains unclear. Jaden Stevenson has addressed that today on the AFL website uh, where he has said there's a big difference between telling me where I'm at as a player and then telling me that I'm going to be traded. So he refutes uh, that he was ever told still that he was going to be traded. And that's one of the things that to me seems still unanswered and still seems to me that we're dancing around, which is a little disappointing. Um, but you can't have everything, I suppose, uh, in this day and age. Uh, Adam is in Cranbourne. Uh, Adam, hello. Hey, mate, how are you? I'm really well, thanks.
5: Excellent. Hey, I don't want to talk about the trade so much as maybe um, where their priorities are in a broader sense, and some of it might be controversial, but I'll get it out there. Um, if I'm comparing, say, Collingwood now and even Geelong of this year and, and where Hawthorne are at, and I'm a Hawthorne fan in comparison to where Hawks were in a three-peat and where Richmond are now, what I see is um, teams that play as a team versus teams that potentially are prioritising smaller groups. And it feels to me like Collingwood's issue is they're prioritising Nathan Buckley and maybe winning him a premiership over the team and over the members, and I feel like Geelong made the same mistake this year with Gary Ablett, that last two quarters in the grand final, I think, cost him, cost them the game, um, and, and, you know, the Hawks a little bit at the moment, you know, with, uh, um, uh, shit, the coach, not a great Hawthorne fan, if I've lost his name. Alistair Clarkson. Um, but it just, you know, Alistair Clarkson, it just feels like maybe <laughs> some of these clubs are trying too hard to do things for the legends of these clubs and it's costing them in the long term because they're not prioritising being a team like, say, the Tigers are now.
0: Uh, Adam, thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. I actually get the opposite sense. I think Collingwood have moved well past sentimentality. Uh, I think they've moved well past uh, the feel-goods and what would be nice, and I actually think they're moving in, in the direction, and as I said today, this is the dawning of the American era of the AFL where... The players are commodities and we get you in and we get what you need out of you. And if that doesn't quite work anymore, then we will let you go and we will find you a new home. And uh, thank you for your service. This is, if you've watched Moneyball, this is what we're going to be confronted with. This is what the game will be looking like. If you've watched the movie with Kevin Costner, Draft Day, this is how trades will be done, where it will just be, it is business. Players will be commodity. And players have known this for a while. Free agency was very much driven by players who knew that this was coming and said, well, we want choice and we want option. And they've absolutely had that. So don't worry. The players are okay with this. They've known that this was coming. And that's why it just confuses me and and, and disappoints me with the how Collingwood did this. Why we needed to go through some of the nonsense that we went through. Why you know, a man's wife's career was the catalyst for a conversation about moving him on. And and I just think that's got a really bad look about it. And I can't imagine that the Collingwood netball players or the Collingwood AFLW players that would sit quite comfortably with him. I don't speak on their behalf, but I'd be curious to know how they, they feel about a player's wife's career being used as a catalyst for a conversation about moving him on, as opposed to... Mate, this has run its course. We, just, we, we, we can't pay you and everybody else. We've chosen you as the person we're going to get rid of. We're hoping to get you some currency. By the way, if she is going out to Brisbane, Gold Coast have got pick five. We'd really like to get that. I know you don't want to go, but we are going to trade you. This is just where we're at. Uh, so what can we do? Uh, that would have been a much more honest and consultative. Nathan Buckley said today that you don't want to reveal your hand because you might lose out. Well, he then went on to say that they didn't get market value anyway one 736 Uh Glenn is on the Gold Coast. Good day Glenn. Oh, we seem to have lost Glenn. Have we got you there, Glenn? Hello Glenn. No, we've lost Glenn. Uh, we'll move on to Peter from Roeville. Good day, Pete.
1: Yeah, how are you mate?
0: I'm well, how are you?
1: Yeah, good, Jack. Look, what doesn't sit well with me is the club selling this. Let's come together and grab player A, B and C and let's do cuts here and there. We're going to win a premiership together, guys. Come all together. We've got the greats here, similar to what Selwood's done at Geelong and a few of the others. And then when it doesn't suit them, it's just like, oh, no, we don't like that plan now. We want plan B. See you later, mate. Yeah, it's well,
0: that, it's... You've, you've just brought up two very contrasting ways of managing your cap, the Geelong and the Hawthorne and the Brisbane Lions way, which was to everybody get paid unders uh, to keep the group around, um, or this particular strategy, which has been keep everybody back in the contracts so you can keep them all in for as long as you possibly can until you just can't keep them in anymore. And, geez, it almost paid off. Not from a dynasty sense, but it could have. I mean, a prelim 2019... Uh, 90 seconds away from a premiership in 2018 and then when you get to this period you say well we've had a great run haven't we and now we have to say goodbye um, it's two very different strategies um, and it would be nice if we could still have the everybody get paid less to stick around but I wonder if that's a thing of the past too in the era that we're about to enter into one 736 736 Jacob stay right there Billy stay right there you're the first two cabs off the rank on the other side of this time on Sen. SEM, Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. Sam Hargreaves filling in for Jack this evening. one 736 736 is the number.
4: What we do is communicate our strategy more clearly to our, our members earlier. We didn't get involved in, in the conversations about individual players and, and the scenarios during trade week. I think, still think that's the appropriate thing to do. You don't want those sort of discussions playing out in public and uh, so I still think that's the right thing to do and others might have a different judgment and that's fair enough. But I think what's clear is uh, it wasn't a clear strategy communicated that members could understand and that's stands to us and we're going to own that.
0: Mark Anderson, Collingwood CEO, speaking to Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast this morning. SEN.com.au is where you'll find that full chat and it's absolutely Worth a listen to. So, too, is the one that Jared Waitley did with Nathan Buckley. That's at sen.com.au on the Waitley podcast page. And uh, they are must-listen-to chats uh, throughout the course of the day. one three hundred seven 736 We're taking your calls. Um, we know the what. We know the why. And now we need to discuss the how. And is it the how that this has been done? Is it sitting comfortably with you? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Billy is in Brighton. Hello, mate.
1: Hey, how are you? can you hear me okay? I
0: can hear you loud and clear.
1: So I'm a neutral Victorian, I'm a Hawthorne supporter and absolutely loving the self-destruction going on at Collingwood. I'm just analysing this. I just want to make a few points. I can't remember a bigger list management slash salary cap stuff up like what we're seeing at the moment at Collingwood. Okay, for them to say that It's not going to damage the fabric of the club. It's complete rubbish. I think the ramifications are going to be very profound. I want to tell you why. They've just stabbed in the back three guys from completely different age brackets. A 20-year-old who's an absolute gunner. I think they picked up at number six. A 24-year-old that hardly missed the game. And a 28-year-old. The thing about Collingwood is they're talking now about how close they got in 2018. This is a club, the biggest sporting club in Australia, but also probably the most unsuccessful large sporting club in the world. I'll tell you why. They've won two flags in 62 years. Correct?
0: Uh, If my maths is correct.
1: Okay. Okay. I've lost count how many grand finals and how, how many they, they nearly got there. They nearly got there. They, they nearly got there in 18. they was 60 seconds away. But they've just stabbed three guys. If you're a player manager and the pies from now on are offering your client big money on long-term contracts, this is all changed now, what's happened this trade period. The other thing is when you have a look back, and I think there was an article in the Herald Sun the other day about their 10 biggest stuff-ups and why they're at now where they are they hadn't won a final in, I think, six or seven years when they went into the 2018 final series. So that's a mighty big gamble to do what they've done for a club that hasn't won a final in six years and roll the dice like that. I reckon it's going to put them back at least five years now. Not only did they waste... Who knows how much money they they got to get Beams. Beams had a lot of issues and wasn't playing anywhere near good footy in Brisbane. They got him here at the end of his career, which blew up.
0: So, God Billy, uh, Billy, they, Billy yep. I've got a lot of people waiting. So I, 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 yep. I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I've got a lot of people waiting yep. to, to get on and have their say, and, and I appreciate you for, for calling in to have yours. Um, I've said a couple of times that you can either go down the path of this is gross incompetence in terms of list management, or you can have a look at it another angle and say, this could have been a very high-risk High reward, but highly, highly dangerous uh, strategy that just hasn't worked out. And and that's okay if that has been the strategy all along that we wanted to keep these players here. So we back ended a heap of contracts. So we didn't have to pay them all now to keep them on the list with the promise of money to come, to keep the list deep, to keep it uh, elite and to keep it in contention. And it just hasn't panned out that way. Now, if that's the plan and has been all along, own that. And if you don't want to ruin and if you don't want to have players leaving that are are clearly upset with how they have been treated, then be honest, be open, level with them. I think that's going to be the lesson for every club who might want to employ a similar strategy down the track. And I I wonder now how comfortable other players at Collingwood are feeling that have back-ended contracts. I wonder what that does to your nerves just ever so slightly. And other clubs, I wonder how people, anyone that has a back-ended contract is, is feeling right now after seeing how this has unfolded. Again, this is just professional sport. You do what you need to do to try and get the best result that you can, and they haven't done anything, Collingwood, outside of the rules. You're allowed to back-end contracts. You're allowed to trade players. But it just might be the how this has been done that that might be the thing that fractures... The most, and Nathan Buckley said in that audio we played earlier that, that, that they're, they're fractured at the moment. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jacob is in Williamstown. Hello, Jacob. Hi,
3: Stan. Thanks for having me. Um, I just want to say that I'm not one of those members who will cut my membership and panic or freak out about anything. Like I still love my club, um, but like sure, it hasn't worked out completely list management wise, and I think we're all seeing the mess now that it is. But Look, I hope in the future we own our mistakes completely. I think we're starting to see it, but we could probably own them a little bit more, and I just hope we take full accountability in the future. Um, look, I'm not going to smash my club for taking risks. As you mentioned, sure, like it hasn't worked out, but I mean, I just think there are people calling up and hanging shame on us, but at least we had the guts to make these hard calls, as, albeit how hurtful and uncomfortable um, these situations are, and yeah, look, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I love Trelaw. I'm a massive fan. It's sad to see him go, but I'm not
4: going to shame my clubs because they're taking risks and making the hard calls.
0: Good on you, Jacob. Uh, love that. And I've spoken about that, is loyalty going to be a thing of the past? It, it certainly won't be in terms of fans. But I think for fans to be brought along to the new era of what we're going to be seeing, and I think we'll see this more often, uh, we just won't see it done like this more often because it'll be done with a lot more transparency Um you're going to have to keep your fans informed. You're going to have to keep them uh, involved and you can't speak to them like they're fools and you can't treat them like they're five-year-olds because it just won't wash. And that's what we've seen uh, from Collingwood fans and members hand over fist uh, calling through to this station. Now you're listening to time on thanks to Mazda. It's a complete package inside and out drive brand new Mazda BT 50 at your Mazda dealer. Just some other news. that's just come through West Coast Eagles assistant coach, Jamie Graham will continue with the club in 2021. Some media reports had linked the Eagles backline coach uh, to the vacant senior position at North Melbourne. Graham confirmed his intention to stay uh, at the Eagles today. So um, another name that is believed to have been on the shortlist for the North Melbourne coaching job pulls out um, Michael Voss is, is the other noted name um, we know that uh, Ross Lyon ruled himself out straight away and, and said he wasn't interested so um, we're still waiting with bated breath to see just who it is that uh, North Melbourne do a point 1300 736 736 is the number uh, who have we got next uh, Matty in Sydney. Hello, mate. Hi,
3: hey, mate. How are you? I'm really well. That's all right. Look, I'm not really... Don't care too much about Collingwood, but um, it's kind of almost seems like another way to rot the salary cap, don't you think? To back-end contracts and then get rid of players. I mean, I'm surprised the AFL isn't more over it and, and there's not a lot more to be said. I know it is a professional sport
1: mm.
3: and everything like that, but they just signed Brody Grunny to a seven-year deal... They went out and did everything they could to get to law and pay him a fortune, and now they're just offloading anything. I mean, in any other industry, I don't know if that would cut it, and I'm not sure if the AFL likes the look of it. What do you
2: think?
0: Well, Matt, I appreciate the call and thank you very much. Um, I think we need to reiterate in no uncertain terms that what Collingwood have done here is is totally within the rules of the game. You can sign players up to to back-ended deals. That's with the agreement of their manager. Um, There's nothing... That's not against any rule that we know of um, in the landscape. Nathan Buckley said today that there are plenty... I'll have to get the audio grabbed, but he said there were plenty... They had several senior players who were on back end of deals. So these guys aren't the only ones. Um, And that would be up to the AFL Players Association and the AFL to, to decide whether they like the look of this. But Collingwood haven't broken any rules. Collingwood have worked absolutely within the framework of the rules. As I said, the what and the why, totally fine. It's the how. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 to have your say. We'll come back and continue to take your calls all the way through to 7 o'clock. The first serve with Brett Phillips up next. been a big day for tennis. The announcement today that all major Australian summer events would be played in Melbourne. And then Daniel Andrews said, not so fast. So BP will have the latest on that. Uh, after seven o'clock, with the first serve one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, Jamie, uh, stay right there. Uh, Anthony as well, and David. will get to your calls on the other side of this time. On thanks to Mazda, it's the complete package inside and out. Drive the brand new Mazda BT fifty at your Mazda dealer.
2: You know they want they want to see success on field, and and I would say that. That these decisions have been made, so that we can be successful on the field, and we feel like we've um, we've lived our values. We feel like we've been open and transparent as much as we possibly can in a difficult situation. Um, my wounding or the challenges that I face in my position is largely um, you know, inconsequential. I-, I believe it's it's um, it's not something, and probably that was the mistake in my tweet so bloody i I sat here and it was it was it was tough to how i i didn't like how i felt i didn't like how how it felt um but um you know our players yeah the players that we've let go have found um, new homes they have new opportunities there won't be a dollar that they miss out from financially um
0: Nathan Buckley speaking to Jared Waitley today. Um, this is time on. Sam Hargraves in the chair for Jack this evening. Well, thanks to Mazda, it's the complete package inside and out. Drive the brand new Mazda BT50 at your Mazda dealer. Uh, off the Tempa Tex. Tempa is a mattress like no other. For the love of God, Sam. Back-ended contracts are honoured when a player moves. Uh, In the Adam Trelaw case, Collingwood will pay an amount in 2021, so that component plus his next, his new contract equal the back-ended amount. Please make that clear, Jasper. Jasper, this is the third time that I've said and used that audio of Nathan Buckley to say that never was there a suggestion that these players weren't going to be paid what they were owed. Uh, That hasn't been said or um, intimated at in any way, shape or form. We're talking about the amount of back-ended contracts at Collingwood and whether or not that's either poor management of their salary cap, or it was a strategy that now they have to change because they've just got to the point where they know that there's... And they've always known that they were never going to be able to pay out all these contracts. Somebody had to go, and these are the players that they've chosen to do that. Nathan Buckley saying that he feels like they've lived their values. That part was one that didn't sit quite comfortably with me, given how the conversations with Adam Trelaw started this year. And they have said that the catalyst was his wife's career resuming interstate and their concern for him uh, in, a, in and around that. I don't reckon that would sit comfortably, and I'd like to know how that would sit with their own netball team and their AFLW players. Um, I, I don't like the fact that a bloke's wife's career was seemingly held against him or even remotely intimated as the reason why he would need to move on. Uh, that, that doesn't sit comfortably. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Uh, Jamie who's in Frankston. Hello, mate.
2: G'day, mate. Oh, yeah, um, it's, it's rare for me to defend Collingwood, but uh, I have to uh, at this stage because I think with um, free agency, players need to... Uh, they have it both... you got to have it both ways. I mean, I think Treloar, um has been unprofessional in the way he's talked about the club. He, he didn't need to say some of the stuff he said. You just focus on the Bulldogs and your future and, and move on. Same with Stevenson. I don't think Stevenson played well at all uh, last year. Watching uh, he, he admitted everybody. that. Yeah, so I wouldn't want him uh, with the contract he had either. So I think Collingwood needed They're just focusing on football, which is the business they're in. And the players are more than happy to leave uh, for more money. So, you know, it's just the nature of the business.
0: Yeah, Jamie, I hear what you're saying. I think that what was disappointing Adam and Trelaw and Jaden Stevenson is the how. Again, it comes back to the how this was done. Certainly, Kim Revellian was not impressed at all with the how. Um, that She made that abundantly clear, and neither was Adam Trelaw and neither was Jaden Stevenson. Uh, Anthony's in Rye. Anthony, very quickly, because I've got about 30 seconds. Your point.
4: Good Sam. Um, my point is that you can debate whether the, it's valid or not to move players on. What's the effect on Collingwood with a $300,000 basically debt for the next five years, which is a $1.5 million, um problem that they have for a salary cap over the coming years?
0: That's a good question and one that we'll have to wait and see. They wouldn't be drawn into the amounts that were being paid uh, so we can only speculate. Anthony, thank you. And thank you for all the calls and the temper text. Temper is, temper is a mattress like no other. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. We'll be back after 8 o'clock. Today, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
5: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP-01005.
0: Continue to take your calls, but right now it's BP with the first serve.